you for joining us for the Help for Wounded Spirits broadcast. We exist to help those wounded and suffering through life's trials. Here is our host and best-selling author, Doug Carriger. Great to be back with you today. I hope this uh, broadcast finds you well and serving God and we're so honored to be able to come across your earwaves and for you to take the time to be part of this. It's just a wonderful thing. And uh, honestly, um, you know, we are not without gratitude for this. And folks, we've been studying the life of Christ and we've been looking at the book of John and with me is my dear friend, Kevin. He's still out there in Pennsylvania. Good morning, Kevin. Good morning, Doug. I'm in the land of my nativity. And what's life like out there in the land of your nativity, brother? <laughs> well, it's been really dry, I'll tell you. Uh, the ground was getting really brown, which is unusual for uh, this time of the year. But yesterday, it rained pretty much all day. Uh, just a light rain, pretty, pretty, almost a soaking rain. And that uh, that's brought stuff out, brought the pollen out. I know that. And, uh, man, there was the biggest flock of robins I ever saw. I was looking up the windshield a little bit ago, and uh, just about, it seemed for, like 40 robins just suddenly came out of the sky and said, "There's the ground's soft, there's got to be worms here. And it was uh, pretty cool. Yeah, that's great stuff. And uh, so I came in, I flew in, I was in Salt Lake City this last week. And as I was flying home, I got in the airplane in Salt Lake and it just started pouring. It was rocking the plane. So they, you know, the departure time was delayed. We finally took off in that rain. We got to Atlanta, uh, got to Atlanta, got in the plane, flew back to Greenville. We could tell we were circling and, you know, we could hear some thunder and stuff. Finally, they let us land and we sat on the runway about an hour and a half, an hour and 45 minutes before the crew could come out and hook us up to the ramp and get our luggage and stuff like that because of thunder and lightning and rain. And, and when I was in Utah, it rained. The whole time I was in Colorado, it rained. So everywhere I go, they say, Doug, it never rains here. <laughs> I think I'm taking rain it. with me. And, and I'm for hire for you, for you communities out there that are in a drought. And so is Kevin. Kevin brought rain to California. Uh, so we want you to know that. But as we continue on with the life of Christ, we talked yesterday about baptism and what an important step of obedience that is. And dear friends, as we go through these struggles of life and all these things, it's a great thing to have structure in your life and to trust God and, and to come out and show the whole world, I follow Christ. Uh, just like John the Baptist, who was out there baptizing, it was a step. It is a step of obedience. It was a step of obedience when both Kevin and I got baptized. It shows the world it's part of church membership as a review. To become a church member, there are two ordinances that a local church has. It's baptism and communion. And uh, so I owe the Lord's Supper. So I think it's very important that uh, we go ahead and we look at those steps of obedience and we go through them, I think it's extremely important that we become members of a local church and that we learn and grow. And the local church is where once everything comes from, missionaries, pastors, all that are come out from a local church. And we find ourselves in verse uh, 29 today, and we want to take and we want to go through 29 through 34. We want to talk about Jesus as the Lamb of God, and we want to talk about Jesus as the Son of God. And they both have uh, uh, great, uh, great resources, great depth, 
uh, great idea of what a lamb is as a sacrifice and things of that nature. And we're certainly going to look at that. And in verse, starting in verse 29, the next day, John seeth Jesus coming unto him and saith, Behold, the Lamb of God, which taketh away the sin of the world. I just want to stop here right now. When we see Christ, <laughs> we're going to say, Jesus, that's our Lord. There he is. Exactly what John's doing. I promise you that one day uh, you will see Jesus and, and you will uh, you will point to him and call him the Lamb of God, uh, the Son, the Savior, the only uh, living Son of God. And it says, begotten Son of God, this is he of whom I've said, after me cometh a man which is preferred before me, for he was before me. And just stopping at that verse and, and saying, remember, Christ is preferred before all men. We're not respecters of men. We don't uh, follow pastors. We don't follow speakers. We don't say, man, this guy has a certain power. He can deliver me from this. He can't deliver you from anything. Only Christ can do that. And I knew him not in verse 31, but that he should be made manifest to Israel. Therefore, am I come baptizing with water. And John bear record saying, I saw the spirit descending from heaven like a dove and it abode upon him. And I knew him not, but he that sent me to baptize with water, the same said unto me upon whom thou shall see the spirit descending and remaining on him. The same is he which baptized with the Holy Ghost. And I saw and bear record uh, uh, that this is the Son of God. You know what I was thinking, Kevin, just as I was reading that and we were and wrapping that up is remember that John the Baptist was in his mom's belly. And, and some would say, well, he's not a baby. You know, he's just this embryo or something in his mom's belly. But, but in the scripture, John the Baptist leapt within his mom's belly when he knew his Savior was there. And, uh, folks, this is the same John the Baptist who's out there talking, being obedient to God, who's out there baptizing. So when we look at this first thing, Kevin, and we look at Christ as the Lamb of God, we know that a lamb throughout the Old Testament, throughout the Bible, a spotless lamb, the best lamb, the best lamb in the field, the, the good lamb, the young lamb, uh, was the one that was chosen to be a sacrifice. And so that term lamb talks about the best one, the greatest one. And that sacrifice would go in our stead for our sins. And all of a sudden, Kevin, we have a Savior who's the Lamb of God. We don't need a lamb anymore. Yeah, the witness of the Old Testament, Doug, was uh, over and over and over, bring a lamb, bring a lamb. Uh, they had to put a lamb uh, at more at one point it was morning and evening there was there was a command and i can't remember the exact you know who who was the parties involved but it was sinners and it was god preparing us the world as we read that that you know i mean these people lived it for a few thousand years you know as a nation israel and then you know the the lamb the lamb the lamb have the lamb get the lamb get the lamb and then when jesus comes out you know into the scene it's after john the baptist is saying behold the lamb of god which taketh away the sin of the world and so this this nation should have you know and i'm sure many of the people thought what in the world this is the lamb of god clearly identifying the sacrificial um you know the sacrifice with jesus christ so you know, there's so many things that that they that they kind of missed or they got 
they got uh, blinded about because the Pharisees, you know, th- it made such a disinformation campaign about Jesus. But the whole point was Jesus was the Lamb of God. And you know what? That Lamb, even even for us who are saved, the Lamb of God is the, the power. I was reading in the book of Revelation, it says, and they overcame him, that is Satan, the saints overcame Satan, this is Revelation 12. They overcame him by the blood of the Lamb and the word of their testimony, they loved not their lives unto the death. So, you know, I preach a message that in that verse, there's three things, past, present, and future, guilt, depression, and fear. And you overcome the past problems, which is guilt, primarily our guilt, the things that we've done, the things that have happened, you know, whether it's shame, you know, whether it's things that we're taking unto ourselves unjustly because someone else has shamed us like a narcissist or whether it's something we've really done. But either way, the grace of God brought the Lamb of God and we overcome him by the blood of the Lamb saying, Lord, all the stuff that I've done in the past, I'm putting under the blood. I've, I've, I'm, I'm saying, Lord, it was sin. It, and I, I'm identifying it with my hand on the Lamb today and with my hand on the Lamb of God, just like they did over and over in the Old Testament with my hand on Jesus and really his hand on us, we're saying, Lord, my past is under the blood today. And I'm beholding again, the lamb of God, I'm looking at him. And by looking at him, I'm putting the past where it belongs and I'm going forward with the present savior. But uh, yeah, that lamb is everything everything but with the precious blood of christ as of a lamb without blemish and without spot and just going back on what i had mentioned earlier when there would be a sacrifice of a lamb they would literally shave some of them and as kevin and i know to find the perfect one without blemish without spot to be the sacrifice and here they are in in our bible saying well we found the most perfect lamb ever in history the example of the Lamb of God, but with the precious blood of Christ as the Lamb without blemish and without spot. And uh, that's so exciting. And 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 looking on t- upon Jesus as he walketh, he saith, Behold the Lamb of God. Behold, we'll be at that verse in a couple minutes. So again, as we drive home this message of the Lamb, uh, we drive home a message of a sacrifice, of a spotless one, of the one who takes the place of all sacrifices needed. He is our sacrifice. When we accept Jesus Christ as the Lord and Savior, we no longer need another sacrifice. We have the greatest sacrifice of all. We'll be right back. return shortly. Meanwhile, you're hearing this music while radio stations are identifying themselves and broadcasting advertisements. Amen. So we go from the Lamb of God, and now we're looking at it as the Son of God. We remember we went through the Bible, and this is him whom, whom I have said, in verse number 30, After me cometh the man which is preferred before me. He was before me, and I knew him not. 
but he should be made manifest to Israel before I come baptizing with water. In Jesus' bare record, I saw the Spirit descending from heaven like a dove and it abode upon him, and I knew him not. But he that sent me to baptize with water, the same set upon me, uh, upon whom thou shalt see the Spirit descending and remaining on him, the same is which baptized with, holy, with the Holy Ghost. And I saw and bear record upon this is the Son of God, the second in the Trinity. This is uh, this is the one, folks. Uh, this is the one we're waiting for. This is the fulfillment of the Trinity. This is the fulfillment of the only begotten Son. And uh, we all remember John three sixteen and uh, and how that verse makes a different difference in all of our lives. And and we see that written, I think, on every football player's helmet that's been a Christian. Uh, since we were young, for God so loved the world, we remember that verse, that he gave his only begotten son, that whosoever believeth in him should not perish but have everlasting life. And here is that one. He's come. He's come as the lamb. He's come as the son of God. And lo, a voice from heaven saying, my beloved son, in Matthew three seventeen, in whom I am pleased. And Simon Peter answered him saying, thou art Christ, the son of the living God. And uh, isn't it great to know, Kevin, that he is the Christ, the Son of the living God? He is the Savior. He is the one we look forward to. I'm so thankful that I have the Son of the living God in my heart and in my life. What are you thinking, Kevin? Yes, sir. Well, I'm thinking how this is, you know, there's a accumulation of witnesses going on here in John 1. Uh, there's John the Baptist, you know, speaking to his testimony of course, John is writing about the light, and uh, you know the the light around us is a testimony to his to to Jesus being the Son of God, and then um, th- we had the witness when he was when Jesus was baptized, there was a voice from heaven. God the Father spoke, and there's there's three times during the Gospels that I know of, and it doesn't happen much in the scriptures in the Old Testament either, where the voice of God is heard. He usually spoke through his prophets, but there's there's these times where people on earth heard the voice of God. One of them was during his baptism, and you just quoted that. One was on the Mount of Transfiguration when Peter was, you know, he's kind of running at the mouth, and, and the voice of the Father said, this is my beloved son, hear ye him. And I, I take it to mean, listen, stop, listen, don't, now's not the time to talk. We don't care about your opinion. Listen. And then the third time was in John uh, 17, I believe, where Jesus said, Father, glorify thy name. And there was a voice from heaven that said, um, I have both glorified it and will glorify it again. And other, you know, the people heard it. They said it thundered. And uh, so, you know, whether or not they were able to discern the the actual you know, diction, I don't know, but here's the, the, here's the fact God's Jesus father joined in at the baptism there, you know, there was the voice of the father. There was the image of the dove coming down. That was the Holy spirit. There was the son of God in the water who could deny the Trinity who could deny that God himself. I mean, there was no speakers. There was no you know, this wasn't a rock concert with a wall of sound that somehow, you know, blasted through the area. This wasn't Bose. This was, this was God speaking from heaven. And, um, 
And so we had this tremendous witness that Jesus Christ did come as the the Son of God. He was the He was the Son who was going to lay His life down here. Just containing this small passage of Scripture is is enough to get the world saved, <laughs> because uh, you know He 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 was the fulfillment of the Old Testament. He was a sacrifice for our sins. And he was God come to do it. And folks, it takes, uh, it, it takes for, for us to, you know, someone's got to die for sin. It takes someone that's sinless to do it. That's the son of God. It takes someone eternal to do it. That's the son of God. It takes someone willing to do it. That's God here showing up saying, uh, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm here. I'm willing. This is the lamb and I'm, I'm for this. I'm willing to do this. And, uh, and it takes someone who is, um, I forget what the last thing was, there was a list there, but yeah, brother, it's just a tremendous witness that we can look in these scriptures and, and have our strength, um, have our faith strengthened in the darkest hours and say, you know what, when God shows up to let you know that everything's okay, that his son is enough, when God shows up, that's what I need. That's, I don't need other people. I need the, uh, the chief counselor, the wonderful counselor is, uh, is Christ. That's what I'm looking for. And that's, uh, that's, I think anyone that's going through something, some junk, you know, you, you need to say, Lord, just like you did years ago, speak to my heart and let me know that the beloved son in whom I'm well pleased has accepted me. The one who said, as the father hath loved me, so have I loved you. Lord, let let me have that same kind of assurance in my heart that 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 you've accepted me, and no matter what man says, that everything's going to be okay. Yeah, I love that. You know what I love over here, Kevin, is over in Matthew three thirteen through seventeen. Then cometh Jesus from Galilee to Jordan unto John to be baptized of him. One of the reasons that we want to be baptized is because the Lord was baptized and showed us that we did this as a step of obedience to His ministry. In verse fourteen over here in Matthew three, it says, "But John forbade him, saying, I have need to be baptized of thee." And comest thou to me? He's saying, man, I need to be baptized by you, Christ, and you're coming to me. But look what Jesus says. And Jesus answer and say unto him, suffer it to be so now. For thus it becometh us to fulfill all righteousness. Then he suffered him. He baptized him. And Jesus, when he was baptized, went up straightway out of the water. There was no sprinkling going on. Christ came up straightway out of the water. And lo, the heavens were open upon him. And he saw the Spirit of God descending like a dove and lighting upon him. And lo, a voice from heaven saying, This is my beloved Son, in whom I am well pleased. And uh, isn't this a great thing? Here's my beloved son. I'm pleased. He is God. He's my only begotten son that I talk about in John 3.16. Now, this is all pertinent to us for a couple reasons. Number one, obviously, we want to be baptized into a local church. We want to be baptized into the obedience of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Number two, this just continues to show that that Christ is God, that he's co-eternal, Kevin, that he, he is the living God. Uh, that he was 100% man, uh, 100% God, and he, we, he's our intercessor. He's sitting at the right hand of the Father, and this is my God, Kevin. Yeah. You know, I was just going back and reading, brother, um, and I know we're getting up against the clock. I cannot 
escape, behold the Lamb of God, which taketh away the sin of the world. So Jesus came being held out as the Lamb of God, and it says he taketh away the sin of the world. Now, not all the world got saved. Not all the world got forgiven, but God was in Christ reconciling the world unto himself, not imputing their trespasses unto him, unto them. So God was willing to forgive, and it's it's beyond the scope of the time. But, you know, our Savior was evidence that God was, was willing. He had turned toward us, waiting for us to turn toward him. And that's forgiveness in its first stage. That's where we say, you know what, someone's wronged me. I'm turning toward them and hoping that they get right with God. It takes Jesus held out in front of me to give me the ability to do that though. Yeah, exactly. You know, it's, it's a wonderful thing when we look at the life of Christ that we realize that even Jesus uh, symbolized the beginning of his ministry. Obviously, his ministry is forever. It's eternal. But in the case on this earth, he said, John, baptize me. I am going to take this step so that people will know it's a step of obedience for them. We sure do love you, folks. Come back tomorrow. We're continuing to dig on to the life of Christ. May God bless you. Thank you. Thank you for listening to our broadcast. At Help for Wounded Spirits, we believe the Bible and place great importance on you having a personal relationship with your Lord and Savior. The Bible delivers a clear and simple message of salvation, outlining how you can begin your personal relationship now. First, recognize that you are a sinner, as all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. Second, understand that there is a cost to our sin, as the wages of sin is death. Third, realize that Jesus alone paid that price. To receive salvation, simply ask the Lord to save you in Jesus' name while believing in your heart that He alone can save you, and He will. If we can help you with your salvation or to direct you to a local church, please do not hesitate to contact us. For additional helpful resources, including our new TV series, more information, or to donate and support this crucial ministry, please visit us at WoundedSpirits.com. May God bless you.